0: What is 10 times 5? What about 1,200 divided by 8? 75 plus 75? The answer is 150, which is also the correct response to how many times now there has been an episode of Charlottesville Community Engagement. It is February 22nd, 2021, and I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, events could return to the Charlottesville Pavilion this fall. Charlottesville City Council will wait to make final decisions on the proposed Capital Improvement Program projects keeping the West Main Streetscape project alive. And City Council will hire a local law firm to represent its interest in the upcoming legal hearings on recreational uses at the Ragged Mountain Natural Area. As I said, this is Charlottesville Community Engagement, a program that is supported by you, even if you are not making a financial contribution. Just by reading this, you are keeping this thing going in its early days. Uh, Please do send it on to somebody else so that we can continue to spread the information and get more people involved in this crazy little democracy that we have. To begin today's show, some news that came in as we got closer to production. Charlottesville's Commonwealth Attorney has opted to not begin a criminal investigation into whether Charlottesville Mayor Nakia Walker's use of a city-issued credit card to purchase gift cards for people who attended various meetings. In a letter to City Manager Chip Boyles, Joe Platania wrote that an investigation will not happen until after the city updates a policy that governs use of the cards. Read more about the story on NBC29, which first reported the letter. Council will discuss this policy at a future work session. The prospect of the West Main streetscape being implemented is still alive, as City Council still wants more information about how the project could be salvaged. The project was split into four phases in order to secure funding from the Virginia Department of Transportation, but staff has recommended not fully funding the project in the upcoming capital budget. Council has not made several final decisions about the proposed $160 million capital improvement program for the next fiscal year and the four years that come after it. That amount also includes $8 million for a 300-space parking deck, as well as a $50 million placeholder for reconfiguration of the city's middle schools. Here's City Councilor Heather Hill.
1: There certainly is a lot of still unknowns when we think about going out into the future of the CIPs, especially when we think about schools and not knowing what the scope of what they're going to be, and also thinking about the parking deck situation and what options we may
0: have. Councilor Lloyd Snook said he felt the city was at a point where it should proceed with West Main Street in a fashion similar to council voting to proceed with the pedestrianization of East Main Street in 1974. The more I thought about it, the more I thought the future of the city is going to be along the axis between
1: downtown and the university. And we ought to be spending our time, our money, our energy, uh, our resources
0: on that area. Snook said he was less inclined to support the parking garage. Mayor Walker said budget staff have been clear that the city is running into its debt capacity and the city should proceed cautiously. But I just don't know how we are rating West Main Street and and still thinking that that is a must and that it must continue at this time when we're talking about um, things like housing and schools. Snook said he has been persuaded by arguments that at least $3 million in maintenance improvements are needed on West Main Street. Councillor Hill said she believed the city has made an investment in West Main and should see the project through.
1: The biggest thing is just the other dollars coming from other sources that are not the city, and there's just not a lot of projects where we, we find those opportunities.
0: Those external sources include $5 million from the University of Virginia and the potential of $10.8 million in VDOT smart scale funds for Phase 3 of the West Main streetscape. Phases one and two require a local match in order for the city to draw down smart scale funds already approved.
1: I'm really struggling with with just closing the door on this.
0: Let me remind you again that the out years in the capital improvement program include a $50 million placeholder for reconfiguration of the city's middle schools. Walker said she was still skeptical about the future of the West Main Streetscape project and said she would prefer to keep some of the debt capacity available for future needs. If we okay West Main at this point, we are um, limiting schools to an amount because we're boxing ourselves in. Um, And then everything else that comes up as a result of this pandemic and how long we're in it, then we are also restricting ourselves there. Councillor Michael Payne said he supported the vision of the West Main project, but could not support prioritizing that over schools or affordable housing. He said he would support the city paying for the bare minimum for West Main and losing some of the smart scale funding due to the debt capacity issue. I mean, we're in the same situation where we could eliminate our city funding of West Main Street and the parking garage and... We still really wouldn't be that close, even then, to getting our budget and our CIP budget at a sustainable level. A firm is working with the school board to further refine the cost estimates for school reconfiguration. There was also interest in getting more information about various scenarios for West Main, including incorporating some of the results of a recent value engineering study. Counselor Snook had this idea. One of my thoughts is we have a brand new city manager, and let's let him put his creative thoughts to work and see if he's got some, some ideas for us. New city manager Chip Boyles said he would have a conversation with VDOT about when phase one and phase two need to get underway to stay within the six-year deadline required of SmartScale. Jack Dawson, the city engineer, said the right-of-way phase is expected to begin this July to keep the project on VDOT's schedule.
1: There is some urgency about what what direction we think we may need to be going
0: here sooner than later, for sure. Vice Mayor Sina McGill said she would support reducing the scope of the West Main project.
1: What can we do with just the revenue-sharing match? There's a lot extra that is on top of what we need for our revenue sharing match.
0: Council agreed to wait on a final decision on West Main until they have more information on options. David Brown is the city's public works director.
1: So we do have some time to where we can look and evaluate to make a determination. For the project, we can evaluate and make an assessment, rescope the project that still meets the requirements of the funding sources. So we still have that opportunity.
0: Boyles said he would prepare options for council to consider. We can get enough information to come back
1: to you with some concepts and maybe even some recommendations, and staff can continue to keep working forward. Um, You know, it won't be that much wasted effort based on whatever your decision then is in later March or April.
0: The fiscal year 22 operating and capital budget will be presented to council on March 1st, The first public hearing is scheduled for March 15th. Budget adoption will be roughly a month later. This is Charlottesville Community Engagement. Today's Patreon field shout-out goes out to an anonymous supporter who wants to say again, we keep each other safe, wear a mask, and keep your distance. Council had also discussed the future of capital funding for a 300-space parking structure, but took no action on whether $8 million in funding should be included for the project. The topic also came up briefly at a meeting earlier on February 16th of the Charlottesville Parking Advisory Panel that featured an update on the city's parking action plan. Rick Siebert was hired as the city's first parking manager in the fall of 2016 to implement the plan.
1: This was originally a five-year plan that expired in 2020 and we've been talking about how we might change some of the
0: objectives in it for the next five years. This plan was intended to optimize existing resources, enhance access alternatives, and maintain and grow supply. The plan called for a pilot program for parking meters on streets close to the downtown mall, but that project did not last for the initial six-month testing period. There was not a lot of back and forth at the Parking Advisory Panel's meeting about the plan, or what a future plan might look like. However, panel member Kirby Hutto, a general manager of the Charlottesville Pavilion, said tourism is a major part of economic development for downtown.
1: And I can tell you that the majority of our patrons... Are not residents of Charlottesville they're coming in from the outlying counties sometimes coming in from hundreds of miles away they're going to drive mm-hmm. I'm sorry there is nothing that's going to put them on public transportation but if we want
0: their revenue if we want those tax dollars we have to be able to accommodate them. Siebert said parking levels are beginning to rebound and are at about 50 percent of pre-COVID levels. The majority are people with monthly passes, but about a fifth are hourly parkers.
1: Uh, Events uh, were major drivers in our transient revenue, and the lack of events has
0: been felt. The Charlottesville Pavilion canceled its entire season last year, and planning is underway to at least think about scheduling something in the near future as community health targets are met. The idea would be to open up gradually, with a percentage of total capacity.
1: No one is asking for dates in June or July.
0: Everyone is asking for dates in September and October. Hutto said that might mean events at the pavilion as early as June, but agents with nationally touring acts are not planning until returning to tours until at least the fall. In a conversation I had with Rick Siebert today... He said that a draft of an updated parking action plan will be ready by the end of the week for future discussion by the panel and other stakeholders slated for after that time. Also at their meeting on February 16th, council was briefed on a plan to remedy the city's non-compliance with a mandate from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development to spend previously approved funds on a timely basis. Aaron Attic is the city's grants coordinator. City
1: staff has identified an immediate program for funding to solve the city's timeliness concerns by May 2nd. The city has unexpended 2019 CDBG entitlement funds totaling $244,950.82 from the delayed Belmont-Franklin Street sidewalk activity.
0: That project came about when Belmont was the city's priority neighborhood, but has not yet moved forward due to COVID, as well as difficulty securing space for the project.
1: Um, right now, we're having a lot of issues achieving right-of-way. Um, esp- yeah, right-of-way is our big concern. Um, we have reached out to the Belmont Carlton Neighborhood Association and the Belmont CDBG Task Force with help on this, and they are pretty uh, motivated to help.
0: Attic has recommended that the money instead be used for COVID relief programs, and the sidewalk project would be financed by the federal government again in the future. A previously approved rental relief program for public housing residents will now get the additional funds in the short term. This item will be included on the council's consent agenda for the March 1st meeting. (laughs) Finally today, at the end of council's meeting on February 16th, Councillor Heather Hill read from a motion to hire outside legal counsel to represent the city in an upcoming legal hearing.
1: I move to authorize the acting city attorney to authorize the law firm of Zunka, Milner & Carter to represent the city in connection with the court's hearing of all the pending motions scheduled for March 1, 2021 and litigation with Albemarle County over recreational uses of Ragged Mountain Reservoir.
0: For background, after the expansion of the Ragged Mountain Reservoir earlier in the 2010s, the city's Parks and Recreation Department assumed management of the trails from the Ivy Creek Foundation, The city then moved forward with a plan to allow bike trails, which had previously been not allowed. Albemarle County officials objected to this move and cited a provision in the county's ordinance that allowed them to block that use. This matter resulted in a lawsuit that will go to trial after previous attempts at mediation failed. This is a community of multiple moving parts. In this case, literally. And that's it for today's edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. And I really do uh, hope you appreciate the fact that All of the information in this particular episode is uh, mostly six days old now. This stuff was intended for Wednesday's show, but then there was a sudden thing that happened with the pandemic, and then there was another thing that happened with the pandemic. What were those things? Go back and listen to the archives. As I said, we are now at 150 episodes of this program, and that doesn't even count the week-ahead newsletters. In the past seven months, I have been able to demonstrate that I am here to cover this community, but something that builds on the work that all of my colleagues in news are already doing. I'm Sean Tubbs, the host of Charlottesville Community Engagement, and I do appreciate you being here and listening today. Thanks for listening. Back soon. Stay safe.